You are now tuned in to the real Coach JV Slapdick Podcast. What's going on? The real coach JB here at the Slap Dick Podcast. Full effect with my main man, Spreewell Inc. Follow him on social media. Listen, man, I, I wouldn't have done any justice to start this podcast without naming it the Slap Dick Podcast. So that's what the name is. Make sure you follow us on our YouTube channel. Um, follow us on social media, Twitter and uh, Instagram. Slap Dick Podcast. At Slap Dick Podcast. And uh, we're going to kind of catch you up on what I've been doing, um, what we kind of, uh, since the show ended, where I've been, what I've been doing, um, kind of go from there, and then, uh, you know, kind of kind of give you the format and the rundown on what this show is going to be about. You know, it's going to be about, uh, you know, real life shit every day, along with uh, obviously football talk and sports and coaching and all this type of shit, and then... Uh, and then kind of go into a slapstick of the week. Uh, whoever it is, it could be fucking anybody. You name it. Donald Trump to fucking a coach that fucked up. Or this lady that's trying to fuck over Michael Vick this week. Or whatever it may be. But we'll stay in tune and, and bring you a slapstick of the week. And then we'll take some fan questions. And then later on, we're going to have some host, some guest hosts calling in. Uh, some guests. Some, some, some big name guests. You know, the, the Michael Rappaport's of the world. Eddie George. Matt Barnes. Um, you you name it, Ma uh, Max Crosby, who's balling with the Raiders right now. We're gonna have those guys on the show, and uh, it, those those will be uh, some entertaining shows to uh, make sure you stay tuned to. So keep following us. Make sure that uh, you you pay attention because this will be the livest podcast in the country, and we'll film it, put it on YouTube, and we'll get that going. And uh, you know, people, the fans asked me to get this podcast going, so I I, I paired up with a company called Believe. And uh, they're all over. They're doing a lot of great things. Great company. So we've uh, paired up with Believe, and uh, and we've uh, we've got this going. And then we'll see how it goes, man. And uh, you know, we wish everybody happy holidays as we get in uh, December here, and uh, we're gonna get this thing going. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, we're gonna do the show, so we can talk about the weekend's games on Monday. We'll talk about Monday night football on Wednesday, and uh, you know, everyday occurrences. Uh, in between Monday and Wednesday, and then on Friday morning, we'll do uh, a recap of uh, Thursday night's game and any college bowl games and then any other things that are going on. So then we'll give the weekend off to uh, gra gather some uh, info for Monday's show again. So uh, it'll be fun, man. It'll be good, energetic. It'll be just like I am, man. Rough, rugged, raw, genuine, and uh, and we'll, uh, we'll keep it just like I am. We'll smoke a stick. Sip some yak, whiskey, whatever it may be, and just enjoy the show. And uh, a little bit about my co-host, man, uh, Jerry Spreewell, Spreewell, at Spreewell Inc. on his socials. Make sure you follow him. What's going on, um, people? What's going on? Yep. He's uh, a little background on him. We played ball together, grew up together. He went to Long Beach Poly. Um, he's a music. Funk house. Yep. Does music producer. You know, grew up with the in the Snoop Dogg era with all those guys, uh, Dog Pound, all those... Uh, East Side rap groups, Long Beach, uh, Long Beach everybody might know, um, 
the great Tracy Davis, the East Siders, all those type of guys we grew up listening to. So he he uh, played linebacker at Compton College with me, and then uh, after Long Beach Poly, went out to Kansas with me, Fort Hay State, and uh, we had our daughters out there together, and so we've known each other a long time. So he's the guy behind the scenes for us on the show, and uh, he, he he's the one that brought you that great song, that track, Last Chance, that the show starts off with, and uh, in our introduction song. So that song, I'm sure, will go viral very shortly. So that's a little recap um, to get you guys caught up on what I've been doing, man. Uh, to be honest, since the show aired and everything, you know, I resigned my position as head football coach at Independence back in March and uh, of 19 this year. And, uh, you know, hey, it was time to part ways, man, um, to cut through all the bullshit. To be honest, it was probably time for me to leave. And uh, I'm glad I got Coach Harris the job there. He, he ended up winning the league this year. Um, we rec recruited a great class before I left. I think I gave him some good coaches. Uh, we had a, a good, a good, uh, you know, there's a great nucleus there for him. Um, new turf field we got put in and new equipment room, weight room, you name it, we got done there. We did a lot of great things there at Indy, man. So, uh, you know, I'll never forget the times there. Great people there in that town. And there was also some a bunch of bitch-made people there. You know how it is. Uh, it's just haters are going to hate, man, and, and they, you know. If, there's, if you don't have haters in your life, man, you ain't doing something worth anything. And that's, you know, I said that on the show, and that's true. So it is what it is. I bounced out of there and uh, came home. And I'm going to, you know, I had a best-selling, I'm a best-selling author now, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, book on Amazon, Barnes & Nobles. Um, you know, you can get it on uh, any any platform you can get a book at. And so, uh, you know, six-week bestseller. Um and uh, went on a book tour, and then I did a lot of public speaking engagements all over the country at high schools, junior colleges, uh, even some Fortune 500 companies, some uh, Thompson's RV, biggest RV company in the country. Uh, did a lot of speaking and spoke to management groups and sales teams and all those type of things because I think uh, leadership, managerial skills, all those things carry over to any position in any field. Um, it's not just football. So so it'll be a good, good show, man. We'll bring some real raw and uncut stuff. And uh, you know, jacket up, homie. And uh, get that. <laughs> Grab it. And so, Stogie being a fucking slapstick, eating my boy's jacket over God here. Damn. You eat it. And so, uh, you know, but you know, just to kind of get you caught up, I bought a house out here in California, back home in Southern California. Put it in this little closet. And uh, you know, bought a crib, sold my other house in Kansas. Bought a house back home, and uh, and uh, the rest is history, man. We're just going to see what goes on. I know a lot of people, a lot of questions out there uh, from the fans of, am I going to coach again, what I'm doing. Right now, at this moment, I have no desire to coach at this time. Not saying I won't coach, but I am a coach through and through. I just don't know what it's going to be or where it's going to be and when it's going to be. So right now, um, just doing, doing uh, me, and uh, we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. And, uh, and obviously, I'll let you guys know via the social medias. You know you can catch me at the real coach underscore JB on Twitter and Instagram. Again, my co-host is at Spreewell, Inc. S-P-R-E-W-E-L-L-I-N-C. So check them out. Uh, follow them so we can get this thing going. And uh, we'll get into today's show. This is uh, December 10th, 2019. And uh, we're going to discuss, man, a few things today. We're going to discuss uh, the coaching, the college coaching world, man. Um, to be honest, we're going to talk about 
these so-called power five powerhouse schools that have been prominent and for so very long you know the usc's of the world the south carolinas the florida states the miamis the michigans and why are they just subpar programs i think that's uh that kind of goes in hand in hand with you know all the uh coaching hires that are going on right now um you know my kid rakeem boyd at arkansas you know they struggled haven't won an sec game but uh they hired a coach coach Pittman did, uh, yesterday and a great guy, I know him for a long time, great human being, and, uh, you know, hopefully he can turn things around there. Um, but, you know, there's uh, these programs that have just uh, been very, very uh, subpar, and people want to know why, and, and I just, I have my own thoughts on it. So we're going to kind of go into that today, um, talk about the college football world. We'll take a, we'll have a slapstick of the week. We'll bring that to you later, and uh, Spree will bring that in, and then we'll get to uh, some questions from the fans. And then uh, we'll see you back on Wednesday. So let's get going into this into this thing. Um, the first first team on my my list, man. The first program is obviously being an LA guy and a Southern California guy. I'm gonna talk about this USC gig um, as I light my cigar. USC, man, is traditionally you know uh, one of the most prominent colleges in the country year in year out. They should be anyway, based on our recruiting ties and in, in our location you know we've got i think six of the top 50 players in the country coming out of la next year um you know historically obviously usc is a heisman u and and uh you know the players we produce into the nfl are are, are uh few and far in between man they're the, they're the best in the country usually we you know we sent more guys to the nfl uh, every year for a long long time until coach carroll left and went to the nfl and then coach saban took over the game pretty much and now you got coach sweeney at Clemson taking over. So, um, you know, besides a few schools, man, there's not really a lot of schools that are dominant. Alabama and Clemson. And and, and so, so where is USC in that? Well, you know, Coach Helton, man, a great human being. I've known him for a long time. I used to go coach clinics with him and, and coach camps with him and so forth when, uh, when Coach Sark had hired him um, to coach QBs and stuff and run the offense. You know, he – He's a great dude, man. You know, I, I, I don't want to bash any coach because I don't know the insides of any program because I'm not there. I, I, I do have my feelings on what I would do and all that, but I've never done it at that level. So I'd be a slapdick to say uh, how it should be. I don't know how it should be. But all I know is he's, he's 40 and 21 in six years. He's two and two in bowl games, basically subpar bowl games. You know, he uh, in 15, he went nine and five. Uh, 16, he went 10 and three, 17, he went 11 and three. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's never been ranked higher than number three in the country. And then 18, he went five and seven. And this year he's eight and four awaiting a bowl bid or, or whatever game they got. Um, but you know, I don't know. I mean, you compare that to Pete Carroll. Carroll had nine years at SC. He went 97 and 19. And seven and two in bowl games, two national championships. Um, he was ranked number one five separate times, and had the number one recruiting class five times. You know USC sits outside the top forty in the country right now. They've had a number of decommits, and you ask me why? Why is this happening at USC? It shouldn't happen. You know I made a comment on Pac-12 Network, uh, an interview. You know Oregon came in and stole USC's best players. Uh, they basically beat the shit out of USC in the Coliseum with South Central kids. 
uh, in South Central. So USC got beat by South Central in South Central. And that's it's unacceptable to me. I don't know how you lose those kids in, in your backyard, but it is what it is. And then, uh, you know, I was watching Modern Day and Bosco game last week, the CIF Southern California title game, and there was nothing but Alabama, Clemson, LSU commits on the field, and USC, UCLA were really uh, not to be mentioned. And then you have uh, Coach Helton gets retained last week, as everybody probably knows. The new AD came in there uh, and, and retained him, and then you have a number of decommits since then. So... Obviously, he doesn't have a strong L.A. grasp. I think that he's not from this area. He's not from California. I think you got to be, or at least have your thumb on the heartbeat of L.A., and I just don't know if that's the guy that for the job. That's just my opinion. Now, my opinion don't mean shit, but that's just how I am. I don't think you should have this many decommits in this shitty of a recruiting class every year. So that's what it is, man, on the USC thing. You know, uh, look at the NFL talent over the last few years since Pete Carroll left to what it is now. I mean, SC still put out a few guys here and there. Obviously, they put out some good players, but, you know, it's USC. You should be. And, you know, 5-7 and seven last year, 8-4 and four this year. You know, they went 11-3, and 10-3, and 9-5. and five. I mean, it's, that's pretty mediocre for USC. If that was happening in Alabama right now, people would be asking for Nick Saban's head. And I think SC or LA or whoever administratively has accepted mediocrity at USC, which to me is crazy i can't i can't fucking figure it out man for the life of me um but you know the last seven classes that Pete carroll had at usc recruiting classes were in the top 10 nationally the last seven he was ranked in the top 10 nationally five of those were number one in the country so think about that for a minute and uh you'll you'll know where the where the school has came and gone and uh from what to what and it's just pretty, uh, it's pretty sad being from L.A. Now, USC is supposed to be, um, you know, I think a national powerhouse every year. Coach Helton makes $3.2 million a year. Makes $3.2 million a year and, uh, and is losing recruits left and right to Oregon, fucking Alabama. Mm-hmm. You know, the number one quarterback decommits and goes, commits to Alabama. He's from Water Day, right up the street. He's from Pasadena. I mean, shit. You know, you can argue UCLA should have got him. I mean, that's just, to me, you know, uh, I laugh. I'm like, shit, I wouldn't have lost that motherfucker, but that's me. Um, so, you know, you got that at USC going on. It's a, it's a travesty in my opinion, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, the next school, man, I'm going to go to the other USC, which is South Carolina. My favorite recruiting state in the country. Uh, I used to recruit it, obviously, a lot every year. I love it. Per capita, I believe South Carolina has the best talent in the country per capita. It's not a huge state, but the players that come out of there per capita, I think, are the, you can argue they're the, some of the best in the country year in, year out. Great facility, great high school football, um, great fan base. I love South Carolina. Beautiful state. If, nobody, if you haven't been there, go check out South Carolina. I might fucking retire there. Um, Clemson University, obviously one of the most gorgeous campuses and, and settings in the country, period. I don't care where you what, what you say. Clemson has probably the most beautiful setup in the country. Um, so, you know, it's a, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great state to recruit. It's a great place to be here in the SEC at South Carolina. Um, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. You know, Coach Muschamp there, we can argue, he was mediocre at Florida. He was never really won much. Um, you know, 
obviously Coach Meyer had a set the bar real high and, and, and won a couple natties there. And, and then, uh, you know, Muschamp comes in there and doesn't really do great. He gets a job, though, uh, just like I talk about, recycling the same fucking guys. He says he's going to go make – he makes $5.4 million a year at the University of South Carolina. And he is 26 and 23 uh, at South Carolina. And he's 15 and 16 in SEC competition. So he's under 500 in SEC competition. He's one and two in bowl games. He makes $5.4 million. Oh, I mean, fuck. Start paying these players. They're paying these coaches. And that's a whole other topic. Yeah, we're going to get into play, <laughs> paying the co- players one day. But, you know, like I mentioned on Pat 12 Network, man, pay me a guy like me, not just me. I'm not talking about me or, or, or advocating for me. But, fuck, there's a lot of JUCO guys out there that coaches don't give a shot to that can go out there and fucking pay us 500 grand, give us a, give us a salary pool of $2.5 million for a staff, and let's see what we can do with the fucking money and uh, put us on a contract that, that's, uh, that allows us to prove our worth. I mean, that's just me. Uh, that'll be a whole nother podcast, but... Um, five point four million dollars to be fucking fifteen and sixteen to me is absolutely fucking crazy, and these presidents and administrators are cool with it, mm-hmm. and then you pay out the guy millions to leave your program and then hire the same guy from another school that didn't really do much there either, and then you're gonna pay him out. It's unbelievable. Anyway, let's move on to Miami Hurricanes, a pr- prominent powerhouse program for years under Dennis Erickson, Jimmy Johnson. Back in the 80s, you know, the Michael Irvins of the world and the Ray Lewis's and fuck. I mean, the list goes on and on. And the University of Miami's had some great NFL talent come out of there. And, uh, you know, fuck, man. In the last five years, they are 8 and 5, 9 and 4, 10 and 3, 7 and 6, 6 and 6. And they lost the Sun Bowl. They won the fucking Russell Athletic Bowl in 2016. Um, you know, Mark Richt went in there and turned it around somewhat, went nine and four, 10 and three. Then he had a down year last year, seven and six, dealing with his own health issues. They lost the pinstripe bowl last year. Um, they lost the orange bowl in 17. Um, and then they've been invited this year to the fucking independence bowl. And that ain't independence, Kansas, by the way. But (laughs) Manny Diaz got the job last year. He's, he's making $3.1 million this year. Um, in his first year. And where the fuck is Manny Diaz from? He was a DC at Texas. He he got the head job at Temple for about two days. Wow. Fucking left and uh he was a DC at Miami the year before under Rick and then oh. he ends up getting the job. So you bounce around, you be under these programs and it, you just go by name, huh? Oh yeah, it's all yeah, it's trial, fucking, trial you know, in the fucking era. And what you know, man. Who you know. They're scared to fuck with someone like me. No, they're not gonna let you in there. Not right now. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> Not ever. But I tell you what, they'll come begging me for players when I get another job, and I'm be telling them, fuck off just like I used to. So that's Miami. <laughs> They're a shit show. Uh, you know, fuck. How's Miami in Miami, Florida? Shitty. I don't get it. Let's go to Florida State. Last five years. 2015, they went 10 and 3, lost the Peach Bowl. 16, they went 10 and 3, won the Orange Bowl. 17, they went 7 and 6, won the fucking Independence Bowl. 18, they didn't even go to a bowl. 5 and 7. This year, they're 6-6. Six and six. They fire Willie Taggart. And they're invited to the Sun Bowl this year. And they they went 6-6. Six and six. They fire Taggart in the middle of the year. Taggart gets paid $17 million to fucking leave. 
I would take a seventeen million dollar fucking buyout. I mean, goddamn, that's just to me it's unbelievable. They pay a guy seventeen million to leave, and then they hire Mike Norvell from the University of Memphis. Great guy, know him well. Uh, put him on a six year deal. I think he's gonna do well there. Um, but you know, he was at Memphis Group of Five program that did well, um, best Group of Five program in the country, um, arguably, and in, uh, in the best conference. So he gets a job des- deservingly so, in my opinion. But you know. We'll see. Is it going to be another big payout in two years, or are they going to give him a shot, or what have you? But it's Florida State. You know, Florida State, Miami, Florida. I mean, fuck. How are they shitty? How is UCF the best team in Florida right now? Central fucking Florida. Like, to me, it's unbelievable. So, I mean, that's just, uh, you know, let's go to Michigan real quick. These are just some powerhouse schools I brought up, man. You know, last five years in Michigan, 15, he went 10-3. and Harbaugh did. They won the fucking Citrus Bowl. Mediocre bowl game for a school like Michigan, let's be honest. 2016, they go 10-3. and They lose the Orange Bowl. 17, he goes 8-5. and Lose the Outback Bowl. 18, he went 10-3, and and they lost the Peach Bowl. And this year, they're 9-3, and and they're going to the Citrus Bowl again. And they haven't been great since 97 when they won the Rose Bowl. They were 12-0 and uh, in the national championship season. And Harbaugh makes $7.5 million a year and has yet fellas and people out there just so you know has fucking yet to beat ohio state in his tenure so you know you can't beat ohio state i just don't see 7.5 million i mean shit it's unbelievable urban meyer used to feast on michigan it's unbelievable uh you know it's uh bo schenbeckler's turning over in his grave man um not beating ohio state so you know to be fair to all this stuff, man, you know, you got a lot of di- college football is not what it used to be. The bowl games are not what they used to be. You got players that are going to enter the draft after this junior year and all this shit that don't even want to play in these shitty bowl games because of now the BCS playoffs and how it's structured. You got four teams that go to playoffs every year. The rest of the teams basically get invited to some shit bowl. The players don't want to play in it because they're not in the playoffs. They give you half lackluster effort. They don't want to fucking do it. They say, ah, I'm coach. I'm decided I'm going to sit out and just enter the draft. And the coach is basically being held by the nuts. And uh, he's at the kids, uh, you know, fucking, he's at the kids beck and call, man. He can't do shit. And the kid sits out and, and you're stuck. And now you're playing this shitty bowl game because you didn't go undefeated. And, uh. It's kind of shitty. So you got these four teams that make it this year, going into the playoffs this year, 2019. You got, obviously, LSU as the number one team. You know, I don't know if they're deservingly number one. My my humble opinion is Clemson's the best team in the country. They've been that for a couple years. I don't know why they don't get the uh, love they should. I, I, I do agree with the gripe that Coach Sweeney uh, has. You know, they're the three seed. Even if they're the two seed, they're playing the same team, so it doesn't matter. But it's still, it's still something has to be said about it. Uh, they're clearly the best team to me. Um, sending the most kids in the NFL last few years. Their D line is impressive. Um, their skill guys are awesome. Their team speed is is clearly faster than everybody else, and they'll play a great Ohio State team, which I think is one of the better Ohio State teams in the last few years. Um, with the with the quarterback there, Justin Fields, who I tried to get to Independence last year when he left Georgia. Uh, luckily, uh, gladly for him, his appeal went through. NCAA cleared his appeal. He ended up playing at Ohio State this year and is a Heisman uh, 
have been invited to the uh, to New York for the Heisman. So you got uh, Ohio State's going to play the defending national champs, undefeated Clemson, uh, two great NFL you know quarterbacks going at it. They're going to have a great bunch of NFL guys on the field. And uh, unfortunately, you'd like to see that game as the final game, but you're going to see that in the first round. Then you're going to see LSU absolutely mollywop fucking Oklahoma. Um, you know, people argue is the Big Ten. Can the Big Ten um, or the Big 12, um, you know, the ACC, are these programs' defenses good enough to hang with these SEC schools? Um, you know, Oklahoma's proven over and over they can score with anybody, but they can't stop anybody either. So, you know, it's probably going to be a shootout. I think LSU's defense has improved quite a bit over the last few weeks. Their offense is as good as anybody in the country, and I think they shred Oklahoma. Um, on a neutral site. So then you're going to have LSU playing the winner of Clemson in uh, Ohio State. And uh, that'll be a great game, I think, either way. Either one of those teams playing LSU will be a great game. Not to knock Oklahoma, but that fourth seed just, I think they had to fucking throw shit at the wall and see what stuck to see what the fourth team was going to be in the playoff. Because at the end of the day, the fourth team was just not as good as those other three. Those other three have been great all year. And, uh, And so, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, that's just kind of my take on this whole deal, on this college landscape as we live it today, and uh, the playoffs and all that shit. How, why these schools aren't relevant anymore blows my mind. You know, I didn't even talk about UCLA. I mean, fuck. USC's not even in the top fucking five recruiting classes in the Pac-12, which is mind-boggling to me. And UCLA is just irrelevant as it can get. Um, another LA school used to be relevant at least. USC and UCLA, when they used to play when I was a kid, it used to be like a fucking holiday. It was the biggest game in the in the country. It was played at like three or five p.m. Now it's on at noon, and it, you know the times tell it all. Like fuck, nobody cares. Put it on at noon, and if the Lakers are playing, they're probably going to be watched more than the fucking USC UCLA game. So um, <clears throat> it's just uh, it's it's unfortunate. Uh, hopefully they can turn it around, but uh, I don't know if they are, they can. So, you know, um, that's my take on the college landscape. Uh, why schools are irrelevant. You know, maybe you guys are listening. Shoot some questions to us, what you may have. And once we get this thing going live, you'll, have, you'll be able to call in and ask some questions. And we'll take some questions on the topic of the day and and so on and so forth. So, um, my boy Spree's going to bring up this Slapstick of the Week um, deal. And then uh, we'll get into it. Um I'll kind of give you a snippet of it. You know, there's this lady advocating uh, against uh, Michael Vick this week. Uh, he's a Pro Bowl captain, and they're trying to not let him be that because of his dog uh, fighting incident that he had, which he served time for. Um, did his time for that one. Did his time, and, you know, uh, I'm sure he regrets it. And, you know, I'm a dog lover. Everybody knows Stogie's right here. I, you know, shit, I... I don't up shit. Yeah, fucking everything up. I don't agree <laughs> in dog fighting either, um, by any means. But you know, I think he did his. Everybody deserves a, yeah, another every, chance. Shit. Everybody fucks up. The dude did his time. Did his his shit for it. You know, the dog animal advocates. You know, I feel it. Understand it. You, you're talking about a human being, though. You know what I mean? They got three hundred thousand signed petition. Uh, petition signed three hundred thousand names on it. To get this man not to be able to coach in this game. So we like, got 300,000 slap dicks. 300,000 people. My, that's wanna, my slap dicks of the week. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna keep this cat <laughs> down for how long? For fucking forever? I mean, shit, man, move on. 
you know, people hate me forever too. It is what it is, but you know, uh, I think everybody deserves a second chance in life, and and I think he deserves one. And uh, you know, these people out there that just they, they have nothing better to do, man, and just see somebody enjoying life, and they want to keep them down. You know, now if he did it again, yeah, fuck him. Right. But he's uh, he's not done anything since. He's been a clean slate. Actually, got back in the league for a while, and uh, you know now he's uh, he's watching uh, you know Lamar Jackson break all his fucking records. So. Yeah, it is what it is, man. Records are meant to be broken, but, you know, they're going to try to keep the man out of the thing. I hope he's able to do it because all the players respect him and respect what he did in his time. He, he, you know, he changed the game for the most part. He's the Michael Jordan of football at one time. He came in and changed the game from the quarterback position. And now you have Lamar Jackson doing the same thing in a similar fashion. But now they're trying to keep him down as far as long as they can. So I'm glad he's at least he comes on Fox and has a few uh, – he gets some airtime on different shows. Um so he's articulate, he talks well, he does everything you're supposed to do. And you know, you got this lady now and Note you know. to Jackson, don't fuck with animals. Stay away from the animals, Jackson. Yeah. Please. Lamar shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we me and Spree always used to talk about this whole fucking misnomer <laughs> and the stereotype of black quarterbacks and all this shit. You know, it I wanna know if, if it was uh you know, we can go into fucking these white guys killing these greyhound dogs after they run their races. Oh wow. I People don't talk that about that. You go Google how many greyhounds get buried after they run a race. Wow. Where is them motherfuckers at? Why aren't they getting fucking boycotted? What about the animal hunters? The chick taking pictures with all the fucking Yeah. The kills she had and the lions uh, and lions elephants and, and shit. shit. Yeah, yeah, that shit's crazy. <laughs> Come on, dog. You talking you know what I mean? You talking, you know, extincting some type of, you know, shit that been around for a long time. Is it cause she's white? Come on, I mean that's I didn't say it, but come on, man. I said that shit. Shit. Black people don't hunt. You know what I mean? We'll hunt a pig for some motherfucking short ribs or something. Some some pulled pork. I mean, goddamn. But then again, we ain't even hunting. We gotta go to the store and pay high prices for the fucking chillings. Shit, me. Hog mogs. (laughs) No pun intended. (laughs) Shit. Uh. We're going to take some questions, man. We're going to take some fan questions out there. Um, we got a couple questions over the last few days on some things that we want to uh, we want to gladly address. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, see how uh, the fans think and what they what they want to know. And, you know, I'll try to I'll try to answer as many questions as I can. To be honest, it's hard to get to everybody, but I'll definitely try. And, uh, you know. We'll, we'll we'll see what what uh my cohort here has uh has in store for us. He's picked some great questions out, and uh, he'll ask a few. We'll try to get through four or five, and uh, and end this one at that, yes, and then uh, get prepped for the next one. Yeah, you got a uh, shit. You got my name C Sharp C underscore Sharp ninety five class of ninety five maybe. Shout out to C shit. Sharp. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He says, uh, if you got an opportunity to coach a D1 school and an NFL team, which teams would you want to coach and why? Mm. Man, I don't, I don't think I'll ever coach at either one of those levels because I probably is Juco as Juco gets. And I, I, I get off on coaching Juco kids because they're the best raw talent kids without any structure, or academic support, or any type of home life. So I love those kids especially inner city kids, coaching them up and getting them to where they could not get themselves. That's the definition of a coach, by the way. Um, so 
you know, if I were to coach a college team, I would love to stay home, obviously, and get USC back, right, or UCLA, either one. Give me a USC or UCLA polo and uh, watch how many fucking kids start to come back home. Hmm. Um, that's the probably college. Uh, NFL, man, you know, I'm an L.A. Ram fan. I grew up an L.A. Ram fan, die hard. Um, I would love to stay home and coach them as well. But my last name's Brown, so maybe I can go get fucking OBJ right at the Browns, <laughs> Cleveland Browns. I don't know. But, but you know, that's just uh, talking shit and dreaming. Mr. C. Sharp said he wants you to, to coach the uh, Panthers, man. Oh, the Panthers. Well, shit. <laughs> hey, good friend of mine, Greg Olson's a tight end there, man. Uh, you know, one of the best tight ends of all time. I coached his little brother, Kevin Olson. So shout out to Greg and Kevin Olson. Um, Kevin played for me at Garden City, Kansas, Juco. And, uh, and uh, you know. Good, good, good family, man. Great family, great dad, mom, and so uh, I love, you know. Hey, Charlotte's a great town. Oh yeah, we got uh, one from a uh, Cinco the Chief. Uh, he says, uh, "Where did you come up with your motivational tactics? For example, who expects and all that." Oh shit! You know what, man? I, I didn't follow or get it from anybody. It came, it comes from the bottom of the heart. You know, everything you've ever seen me do on Last Chance You was from. The dome, man. I spit it right uh, as as real as it is. Those kids that I coach see right through the bullshit. So if you're not real and genuine, they're not going to ever be motivated from something you say. So I kind of think about it during the week, what I'm going to do, and then I just kind of wing it during game day. And uh, and I get those cats hyped through energy and genuine uh, energy that I that I uh, that I have. And it's an it factor. I believe it is a it factor. Capital I T. You either have it or you don't. I think I've always had the it factor. You know, Tom Brady has the it factor at quarterback. You know, Brett Favre had the it factor. Joe Montana had the it factor. You know, Tony Romo was a great top five skill set quarterback of all time. I say it all the time, but he didn't have the it factor. He couldn't win a fucking playoff game. He couldn't win a big game. So there's a huge difference in the it factor and just having a skill set. So I think I had the it factor, man. I just came up with the shit on my own and figured out what what I call turning over rocks. And, uh, you know, figure the shit out. Um, and uh, you're going to be successful. You do it uh, what comes from the heart and what's genuine. And those kids uh, relate to that. So I never got my tactics from anybody as far as motivation. I just have always been a motivator. I think to be a great leader and a great head coach or a great manager of people, you have to be able to motivate. So all you young coaches, if you can't fucking motivate, you cannot be a head coach, just so you know. And I think position coaches got to be able to motivate keep the dumb uh, position coach, or, you know, the position kids off the head coach's desk every day, not to have any drama hit his desk. And the number one job for an assistant coach is to protect the head coach. So if you can't manage your kids at your position, then you'll never be a head coach. And uh, I only hired coaches that I wanted to be head coaches. So any assistant I hired, I my number one question to them was, do you want to be a head coach? If they said no, I hung up the phone. So I only wanted guys to want my job. So that's just a little bit on that. Can I be a linebacker coach? No, you're horrible. Killing me, man. We got another question from, uh, let's see, KC. KC, red and yellow. Hope you're not a Chiefs fan. Black and yellow, (laughs) black and yellow. We all know you love and care for your players. So why question, so excuse me, my question is who is one player you coached just absolutely couldn't stand or care for. Ooh, I don't know, man. I don't know if I've ever the the kids. I I can't give you a name because they didn't make it long enough for me to even fucking remember their name. I don't remember names unless you make a play for me <laughs> or you do something that's worthy of me learning your name. 
because I'll tell you, I bring 200 kids in every year, and I didn't know none of the motherfuckers' name until they earned that, uh, until they earned that from me. They got to earn my fucking, uh, they got to earn me memorizing their fucking name by doing something right, either in the community, in class, in school, practice hard, doing right, or uh, they're just another slapdick to me, and I'm getting rid of them. So, the shitbirds that I've coached, which have been a lot now, just so you know, I've coached a lot of shitbirds, a lot worse than the kids you saw on the show. Um, even if you want to say the worst ones on the show, you can have your own opinion. I've coached way worse than those guys, man. So the kids I, I had at Indian on those shows, you know, shit, they were great kids to me. Um, they all need, they only, just so you guys know, kids only know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. And uh, if I asked everybody listening to this podcast right now, could you tell me where fucking Kenya was on a map if I put it in your face? 99.9% of you are going to say no. You don't know where it is because guess what? Nobody ever fucking taught you. Hmm. So kids only know what they know. So it's our job to teach them and get them right. And uh, that's just how I've always been. So, you know, the kids that I disliked, I couldn't tell you their name because I cut them because they were absolute shitbirds and didn't deserve uh, my attention. So I got one last one right here. I got a Tommy Dot Woods. How was it trying to help kids who won't even help themselves, Coach? Ooh, um, Shit, that's, that's the hardest part, man. Number one coaching thing is tidbit: we don't coach effort. Number one, we don't want to fucking coach effort because if we want it more than you, then you need to be in another play fucking sport. Go play water polo or something. Um, number two, if the kid don't want to work hard and, and, uh, and be coached hard and, and understand that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, then it's not worth me coaching you. So when I stop cussing you out is when I fucking stop caring. That's the old adage. That's true to this day. Uh, I used to get motherfucked by every coach I've ever had that was worth a shit. And I used to wonder why. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, shit, those are the guys I call to this day. Um, for advice. So, you know, every time you get motherfucked, you should be fucking thanking me. And uh, when you stop getting motherfucked, because I've given up on your ass. So, um, you know, you got to be able to want it more than me. You got to want it more than me. You got to want it more than the coaches. And uh, this is a great uh, opportunity to play college football, man. College football is fucked. There's millions of people out there that wish they had what you have. And, and that's going to class every day, going to school. Um, you know, fucking going to practice and have an opportunity to go pay uh, your Dude. bills by playing a sport that uh, we all grew up playing and, and being able to support your family. So it, it's hard, coach, for a lot of them kids. Yeah. You know, kind of families a lot of them come from. Yep. Not all of them, but yeah. a lot of these kids, man, come from some places. Two hundred kids I had at Independence <laughs> free. Two hundred kids I had at Independence, so everybody knows I had one kid with both parents in the household. So that tells you what kids we coach and where we came from, and that's just what it is. I mean, you know, I was blessed as a youngster to have both parents, but really then it was kind of dysfunctional. Then my parents divorced when I was fuck eight, and uh, you know I was from house to house at that point or grandparents' house. So you know, it's just uh, I know what it is. I know how these kids are, and uh, you know, it's tough, man, on these kids. So uh, you know, you gotta have some tough love and get those kids where they could not get themselves and teach them. Not to put your fucking future in someone else's hands. Because at the end of the day, if you don't know everything about you and what it takes to get to the next level, then you're fucking ignorant. And ignorance is truly life-threatening. Yeah, and they're learning a lot of shit. 
at a JC coming up. They're really getting started with their life. So when you coaching. And it's a great tidbit to leave on, man. The next show, we're going to discuss the NCAA paying players. Um, what I would do if I was the NCAA commissioner. And to kind of give you a couple of days to resonate on this or marinate on this is if I was a commissioner NCAA, I would make every single player in the country coming out of high school go junior college for one year. And we'll get into that on the next show, uh, why I think that way, and, uh, and, uh, and it'll be a great one. And we'll have the slapstick of the week. And if you guys have any questions, come up with them. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, at TheRealCoach underscore JB, or at Spreewell Inc. And send us some questions, and we'll make sure we get them out there. Follow us on our YouTube channel, and uh, that you'll find that on our social media as well, the link. And uh, if you want some apparel, some slapdick shirts, slapdick gear, uh, it's a great day to have a fucking great day t-shirt uh, or the Real Coach JB sweater or hoodie or a visor. Go on the CoachJBStore.com, Coach CoachJBStore.com, and get you some apparel. And then don't, don't forget, good Christmas gift, best-selling book, Hate Me Now, Love Me Later, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or you can Venmo me at Coach JV12. For my boy Spreewell Inc. on the mixing, on the board, and uh, the music, uh, it's the real Coach JV here, man. Been a pleasure. As always, we'll see you next time on the Slap Dick Podcast. Yeah. That's stupid, guys. Is this camera on me? Yes. Is it on me? stupid. Use your common sense. <laughs> Put it in.